Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. All right, Jim, so uh, a couple of quick things. We're going to do a quick segment on news and then answer some listener emails. First thing I want to talk about, Disney recently announced a couple of new summer deals for Walt Disney World, and the pricing of these things is kind of interesting. Have you seen these? No, not yet. So the one that I'm looking at was this thing called the Incredible Summer Room Offer. It's for uh, travel dates June 11th to August 1st, 2018. And you can book them. If you book between now and May 25th, you get up to 25% off on the rooms. And if you book after May 25th, it's 20% off. Now, this isn't a new discount. Disney offered basically the same thing last year, right around the same time in March 27th. They offered a similar discount that ran through most of the summer as well. But here's what's interesting. So last year, Disney offered discounts at the value moderate and deluxe resorts at 15, 20, and 25% off. So value resorts got up to 15% off, moderates got up to 20, deluxes got up to 25% off. So you could have picked up a wilderness lodge room for as little as $312 with tax. Mm -hmm. So but this year, the discounts don't follow that pattern. And I crunched some numbers here looking at a stay in mid-July. If you stay at Pop Century, Disney's offering you 20% off. If you stay at Port Orleans French Quarter, Disney's offering you 10% off. And if you stay at the Wilderness Lodge, Disney's offering you 15% off. So the prices for these are at pop, basically 150 to a night with tax with a discount. At Port Orleans French Quarter, and I can't believe I'm saying this, $245 a night mm. with tax. I know. And then Wilderness Lodge, $384 a night with a discount. But here's what I don't understand. Why are the value rooms discounted the most and the moderate rooms discounted the least that's an interesting approach right i have heard that on the heels of basically the completion of construction of disney springs i mean don't get me wrong we've still got the work that's going on on the west side the nba the new cirque show but ostensibly disney springs is complete and what's turned out to be sort of the hotel that people who really love to go to Disney Springs to eat and drink and shop has become the French Quarter. And the weird thing is that it's Disney's got the guest surveys in hand that say that people are actually coming here, staying here because they want to go to Disney Springs. They feel that this is the dedicated hotel and we can hold a certain price point because of this. Now, conversely, there really is a perception, at least with the transportation system as it stands today, mm -hmm. that when you're staying at the Pop Century or you're staying at the All-Stars, you are way the hell out there. Yeah, it's basically the third world, but still inside Disney. That's it, exactly. All Disney hotels are equal, but some are more equal than others. Mm -hmm. What's fascinating is that if you talk with the people at the wide world of sports, I mean, they pitch the fact of if you're bringing a cheerleading group, you know, that brand new facility they just opened. Yep. They actually push the idea, look, if you're coming here with your kids to do an event, you really want to stay at Pop Century. Or if you want to pay the upcharge, you want to mm -hmm. be at our of animation because you are right across the street you can do the venue then you can hop on the train. short drive exactly, yeah. yeah and we're now entering this era where you have this is the resort that's associated with this part of walt disney world oh okay 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 got it got it that makes more sense you know, okay with this specific aspect so you think this discount is the one of the first signs that we're seeing of disney associating the hotel 
with a particular entertainment offering? Because we're going to see more of that next year. Oh, well, well, no doubt. The thing that will definitely bear this out is when the Skyliner opens. Right, yeah, and they're making progress on that. I've seen the photos. It looks good. Okay, but in much the same way that there's a premium for being in a Magic Kingdom resort that's off of the monorail, Mm-hmm. I've just been cautioned by folks who actually sell the vacation packages and that sort of thing. They've been to the meetings, they've been to the presentations where they are going to incrementally creep it up over several years. That will have a different price point. Or more to the point, let's be honest, the Caribbean, what with the brand new tower and marketing at that as we are the hotel closest to Epcot and you come and eat at our wonderful rooftop restaurant, you're going to be among the first to get to see Windows of the World, the new Illumination show. That's really what this is all about. It's now repositioning other parts of the resort so much like the Magic Kingdom resorts, those that are closest to the monorail. They have an identity and a sense of exclusivity. And this is another way of, it's like, hey, you love Disney Springs. You have to stay at the French Quarter. All right. So uh, a couple of things. One, I've actually seen the preview promos for Caribbean Beach that include the new illuminations. I was sworn to secrecy on it. Oh! Uh, I didn't I didn't know you'd seen it. So, okay. So, it's a, <laughs> apparently it's out in the open. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank, okay. thank you, James, for doing that. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. So, that was interesting. But I didn't put two and two together until you mentioned that. But, all right. So, what we're seeing right now in the pricing then mm-hmm. is Disney's initial attempts to link a particular resort with a particular entertainment offering. And it's going to continue next year. Okay. So, now that all makes sense in my head, the stuff that I'm seeing here for the discounts for Pop, Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Wilderness Lodge mm-hmm. are tied in with what, what I saw in the previews for Caribbean Beach with the new illuminations next year. See, this is the problem with keeping secrets from each other, Jim. And I hate to say it, I've got one more that I can't talk about for another week, but we'll get to it. All right, let's... Okay. <laughs> let's I know, I, quick it's question. horrible. It's horrible to have secrets. We're such good friends. I know. <laughs> quick question, though. I mean, I thought Wilderness Lodge was this much-beloved hotel. When you think about how much of the inventory has been taken out for DVC, we've got those dedicated floors. Mm-hmm. How are they needing to discount this hotel? I don't... Oh, well, when I say discount, James, it's mm-hmm. like they've doubled the price and then offered you 15% off. So oh, last year... Okay. Last year, the rack rate mm-hmm. was 367 okay. undiscounted. Mm-hmm. But you could get it for 312 okay. during the summer mm-hmm. with, again, all taxes included. Mm-hmm. Now... The rack rate has gone from 367 to 452. And the discounted rate is -hmm. now $384 a night, which is more than the rack rate, the full price rate for a standard room last year. That's how they're offering 50% off. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Geez. Well, look, if they did that in a single year, I'm sorry. I was told, oh, we're going to be discreet about it with the Skyliner. It's like, oh, if that's the business plan, take your heart attack medicine with you, folks. Because when they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you call it, when you call in Disney, just make sure you've got that little nitroglycerin tab under your tongue. Right there you go. You, there you go. Ask for the price. How much? That was <gasps> a- <laughs> All right, let's do a quick break here, James. We'll come back. We'll talk about Jack Lindsay's Hanker Bar and list your questions. We're back. All right, James. I hope you got a drink during the break. And speaking of drinks, we got a, uh, an email from one of our listeners, Jeremy. I want to get your take on it. All right. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy writes, uh, our family had a super long conversation yesterday as we drove to Disney Springs from our home in the Daytona area about one of their favorite places, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. 
We love all things Indiana Jones, and from the very first, we fell in love with the place. The theming, the music, the choices, the food, the overall vibe. Recently at Jack Lindsay's, they replaced the much-loved background music from the, I guess, from the film or from the era with top 40 music that makes you feel like you're in an Applebee's. It's utterly bizarre, and the manager says he gets multiple complaints a day. Who on earth would think this is a good idea to disrupt the theming of the venue? And so Jeremy's question is this. Once a venue is passed from Imagineering to operations, is there anyone in Disney that has the freedom to innovate or to renovate these things as they live on? Or are these decisions made, and once they're made, they're done. This has been the classic battle between the Imagineers and the folks who actually operate the parks. We've talked about Animal Kingdom, how Joe Rody, I mean, that's tens of millions of dollars that were spent on the Oasis, that whole sort of tangled entrance with the huge bamboo and all that that's supposed to teach mm-hmm. you the vocabulary of that park and how you're supposed to slow down and see things. This is a park of discovery. And within six months of Animal Kingdom being open, Disney had cast members down in that section going, hey, the safari is walk on right now run to the back of the park (laughs) and so the thing of of jock Lindsay's is since it opened in 2015 it's a beloved spot for people who know what they're looking at who can remember the character from raiders but the thing of it is is that in much the same way as when the Adventurers Club initially opened and people would walk in the door on the mezzanine level, look down, and there was no show going on because the show was either in a library or the the salon or or that sort of thing. And so they'd look and go, ah, there's nothing going on here, and they'd leave. And so what they're finding with Jock Lindsay is they're just not getting the foot traffic. I mean, and of course, April of next year, Disney begins shooting Indiana Jones 5. Right. That'll be out in theaters in 2020. And I guarantee you, interest in this, this bar will go up. But right now, this is really about the managers of Disney Springs, where it's just sort of like people come in, they hear the 1940s music, and they go, right. oh, this is old and dark and dank and has weird stuff up on the walls. Let's go over to the boathouse. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Yeah. And Bad at the Boathouse is, is a fabulous choice. But do you, So that was my question. Do you think that Jock Lindsay's being hyper-themed and very specific doesn't fit in the environment of Disney Springs as well as if it was in a theme park? Um, Is it too twee for the audience? I remember talking with folks when they were getting it up out of the ground. It's like, this is what we're doing for the folks who'd miss the Adventurers Club. But again, the, the Adventures Club had shows that you could spend, you know, an entire evening in there if you wanted. Whereas mm-hmm. Jock Lindsay's, you get a drink, you have an appetizer, and then. But the idea is you're supposed to continue on and explore the rest of Disney Springs. Yeah, you're not you're not going to spend three hours in Jock Lindsay's. Yeah, the Disney Springs experience is about wandering and grazing you're supposed to wander and jock Lindsay's, where you're supposed to sit and sort of take in the atmosphere and enjoy the little nods and tributes to the indiana jones films it's just sort of it's this wonderful theme park thing that should be in a theme park that if it were if they had built it next to say the indiana jones adventure at disneyland right that would have done business in fact did you see where they're turning the Tahitian Terrace at Disneyland into basically sort of a bar hangout kind of a thing. I saw that. I, I thought this was prep for feeding people who are waiting 12 hours in line for <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Hon- honestly, I thought that, that that's what it was for. No, but no, the no. line will go all the way back to Adventureland. <laughs> well, 
Not entirely sure about that, but in this park, in this space, you could create something like that. Jock Lindsay's is hugely successful if you're a theme park fan. If you're somebody who's just shopping at Disney Springs and it's one of the many places you'll drift in for a moment or two, and Mm -hmm. you're a millennial who doesn't necessarily know the Indiana Jones movies, it's Jim Corcus who tells the wonderful story about how fragile themed entertainment the Disney stories are. That if you you stand on Main Street and you have that wonderful turn-of-the-century music playing, I mean, that reinforces that story. Where if you're standing there on Main Street listening to Britney Spears, you're out of that world. But at the same time, from a Disney Springs operations point, it's like, I need millennials to come into this bar and buy these overpriced drinks. So, you know, if it's the 30s and 40s music that's scaring them away, change the music. It's like we said at the top here, the battle between the Imagineers and Ops goes on and on and on and on. See, that, that's what you're saying, James. What I got out of this entire conversation was millennials are why we can't have nice things. But, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Jim, let's wrap this one up because mm-hmm. it's a good lead in to our next show mm-hmm. where we do the last part of how Indiana Jones and Star Wars ended up in the Disney theme parks. How's that? That works. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go to Disney Springs and find a manager and tell him what you'd like to hear next on the show and then tell him how to find us. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.